You know, I was thinking about how when Daniel was talking about the deserve thing, I was thinking about how that goes back to the very beginning in the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve had everything. They were so unbelievably blessed. But the serpent came and the basic message was, you deserve more. I know you've got all of this. But here's what you don't have. You're not God. You, you don't have the knowledge of good and evil. You deserve more. And of course, they said to themselves, He's right. I do deserve more. But God had warned them. God had warned them and said, Trust me. Trust me. Trust my path. But because they said, I want more. I deserve more. They lost all that God had given them. And when I think about my own life, I am constantly struggling with that. I'm constantly looking around and saying, why don't I have that? Why don't I have that? And then I'm looking at somebody else and this one thing that they have, and, and I say, well, they've got it. Why don't I? And I don't look at their whole life. I just, I just look at that one thing. And the whole time that I'm looking at that, what am I not looking at? I'm not looking at what God has blessed me with. I want to tell you something. God wants to invite you into something this morning. Um, you know, there are two games going on in life right now. There's the game of the physical that we can see. And oftentimes, because we can see it with our eyes, we get locked on it. And we say, well, you know, I want that and I want that. And, and, and we spend all our time kind of involved in that. But I want to tell you there's a whole nother game going on behind the scenes that is much more real. It's, it's the spiritual game. And there's a spiritual battle going on. And, and I don't want you to hear so much about the battle, but what I want you to hear about is that that is where life is found. And God wants to invite you into that adventure. And He wants to use you in the midst of that. But one of the things that it requires of you is to say yes to Him and to trust Him. But sometimes the enemy dupes us. The enemy dupes us into just being a spectator and yet thinking we're in the game. And the hard part of that is that we think we're there. We have some of the feelings of thinking we're there. But the reality is we're actually missing out on the life and the joy that God wants to give us. You know, right now, one of the things that I enjoy during, doing during this time of year is watching football. Okay, I've got some kids in football and, and uh, you know, I even like watching games where my kids aren't playing. I like watching football. But what if... What if you and I were talking and I said, you know what, I love football and I'm a football player. And you said, oh really? I mean, what, what, what would be one of the first questions you would ask at that point? You would ask probably, oh, what position do you play? And then I would say, oh, I sit in the stands. And you'd be like, what? You're not a football player. You're a fan. You're a spectator. Why? Because if I don't have a position in the team, I'm not really a player, right? But you know what? Sometimes I feel like it. 
You know, this weekend I was sitting in the stands and my youngest daughter looked at me and I'm like moving around in the stands. And she said, Dad, are you cold? And Mom said, no, honey, he's just into the game. Because emotionally, I'm there. I mean, I'm out there and I'm hitting people. and I'm. At, but you know what? No matter how much I move around in the stands... What I do doesn't make a difference in what happens on that field. I feel like it does. You know, you ever do that? Have you ever be like, okay, when I was sitting like this last time they scored, I'm going to, you know. But you know, it doesn't matter. But I feel like that. I'm like, i got to pay attention the whole time. I can't get distracted because if I get distracted, things might not go well. I mean, that's so dumb. But I'm telling you, I feel like that as a fan. Hear this. Some of us are fans in the body of Christ. And we don't have a position. You know, when Scripture talks about the body of Christ, each part plays a part. It never talks about, when it's talking about the body of Christ, it never talks about the section of the spectators who are watching. There's no such thing. If you are not in the game, if you are not part of the body and have a part, I want you to hear this. You're not a part of the body. I mean, nobody has a problem with saying to me, I'm not a football player. But you know what? We've come up with this whole section, okay, and it's the enemy, this whole section of the body of Christ who is, oh, we're believers, You know, and it feels like you're a part of it because maybe you show up on the weekend and you get to share the excitement. But you know what? As a fan of football, you know what I'm not doing? I'm not sacrificing. I'm not going out during the week and practicing when it's boring. I'm not putting my time into trying to perfect my skills. After the game, I might be a little tired and my rear might be a little sore, but I'm pretty good. I'm not walking out with bruises. I'm not dragging a leg that just got nailed. I'm not doing any of that. But also what I'm not doing is I'm not experiencing the thrill and the joy of allowing the Lord to use me when I'm in the midst of it. And that's what I want to share with you. That's what makes it worth it. Did you you catch what Daniel was sharing when he talked about the Holy Spirit moving through him. i got to tell you, I don't deserve it, but I have felt it, and there is nothing, nothing like it. And I think for the person who's on the field, I was talking to somebody my age recently, and they were telling me how much they missed it. That, 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 that there was just something about it, about being on the field. I want to tell you this morning, there is nothing like being a part of the body of Christ. But before we go to the Scripture, I, I want to ask you this question. Are you a fan or a player? Are you in the game? Are you a part of the body of Christ? Now, if you say to me, I'm a part of the body of Christ, here's what I want to ask you. What position do you play? I want you to think about that. Because if you can't respond to me about what part you're playing, I want you to hear this. I'm not condemning. I'm saying you're not actually in the game. 
But the good news is this. Uh, the football team doesn't want me to walk down on the field. But you know what? God is asking for you. Because he wants to use you. Because it's not about your physical ability. It's not about your intelligence. It's about you surrendering. It's not about you deserving. It's about you surrendering. And when we do that, God wants to use us. The scripture I want to look at this morning is James chapter 1. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 22. James writes, But don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are fooling yourselves. You know who the greatest players are? The ones sitting on the couch. Just listen to them. They know it all. They will tell you right where you messed up and what you should have done. But you know what? When you get out and you do it, it changes things. And you actually begin to encounter real knowledge at that point. I want you to hear this. It's like that in walking with God. When you're just listening to me, you become a religious expert. Because, you know, you're hearing the word, you're getting this knowledge, and you've got all these ideas. And what you don't have is getting in and, and allowing the Lord to use you and experiencing the struggle and failure. And that's not a bad thing, because when you experience struggle and failure, what happens is, is that it humbles you and it draws you closer to the Lord. And there's this whole process of failing and being drawn closer and experiencing victory. But when we rely on ourselves, we go through that failure. But when I'm just hearing it, when I'm just hearing it and I'm not walking it out, I've got this idea in my mind of what it is, and I become this really judgmental person to those around me. And I'm really not at much, of much use at that point. I mean, I think I am, you know. I'm yelling at the TV, or I'm, you know, yelling from the stands what needs to happen, and I think I'm a genius. But what am I affecting on the field? Nothing. It's the same thing in the spiritual life, which is the real life that's happening right now. When I'm not in the game, and I'm not um, doing what God says, I'm just hearing it, I become this expert, but I don't affect the game at all. And that's what James is saying. Don't just listen to God's Word. Do what it says. Otherwise... You're fooling yourself. You're thinking you're in the game. You're thinking you're a part of it. And that's a, that's a really bad place to be because the person who knows they're not in the game, at least they have a chance there to be drawn to it. But when I think I'm in the game and I'm not in the game, I'm in a terrible place because I can sit here and give you the invitation and you're like, I'm already in the game. And you're not. You've, you've fooled yourself. That's why James is talking about this. And that's why I want to share this this morning. Because maybe you're in that spot. Maybe you're in that spot where you think you're there. Because you're, you're, you're there at the game, you know. You're, you're, you're hearing the sounds. You're seeing the excitement. And you feel like you're a part of it. 
But if you can't tell me what position you play, and if you can't tell me the struggles that have occurred with that position lately, you're not in the game. Verse 23 says, For if you listen to the Word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. I spent years studying the Word in Bible college, seminary, and so on. Did I learn some things? Sure. You know where I've really learned the Word? Through living life. You know why? Because here's what happens. I read something and I'm like, okay, I, I kind of see what that's saying. Then as I go out and I try to walk through it, all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's what he was saying. And all of a sudden, it's like when I think about certain commentaries that I've read by people, I'm like, that person has no idea what they're talking about. How do I know that? Because I've walked through some things and all of a sudden I'm like, I don't think that person ever tried to live this out because they're just going off some kind of theory or something like that. All of a sudden, things come to life. If you want somebody to teach you how to do something, do you want somebody who's done it, who, who's struggled through it, or do you want somebody who's, who's Googled it <laughs> and read about it, you know? I, I mean, if your animal is in serious trouble, do you want to go to Dr. John or Dr. April, or, or do you want me to look up a, a YouTube and give it my best? I'm not feeling the faith right now. Absolutely. Hear this. Um, is the word boring to you? If you're not walking it out, I think it's probably boring to you. Because it's not going to make much sense. And you're going to be like, what? This just... Do you want the word to become exciting to you? Here's how you do it. You read it. And you go out and you try to do stuff. Uh, a friend of mine was telling me recently, you, you know, we know that we should share the gospel with people and we know that we should pray for people and, and all that. But recently they were in a situation and they were talking to somebody that um, they, they didn't know and suddenly they felt the Holy Spirit move on them and say, I want you to pray for them. And it's like, ah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know that. What are they going to think of me? What, it, it, you know? And all of a sudden, you're in the real battle. And all of a sudden, you've got to decide, do I step forward or not? And here's the thing. Who's going to know if you say no? You and God. That's it. And so the temptation is like, I don't want to do this. But when you step forward and you let God use you, I mean, again, I want to go back to Daniel. You could see it in his heart. And, and I remember the first time that he did this. The first time that he stood up here and he bared his heart. He exposed what was in him. Because he's a, a closed off guy, right? But all of a sudden he opened up and what happened? 
The Holy Spirit used him, and I got to tell you, it spoke to me in deep ways, and it spoke to a number of people. And as I was watching him, I was, I was seeing it again. And I was seeing the excitement of being used by the Lord. And I got to tell you, all of a sudden, I mean, things are going to happen in your life. All of a sudden, light bulbs are going to go off. And all of a sudden, you're going to be able to see things in a way you couldn't see before. And you're going to be like, oh, that's what God's trying to do in my life. Oh, that's what that scripture is talking about. You're going to be like, I relate to these people in the word. But when I'm saying no, when I'm saying no to God and I'm like, well, nobody knows, you know, yeah, probably, it probably just wasn't even God. It was probably, you know, the, the Taco Bell I had uh, earlier. It's just, you know. But what's going to happen is all of a sudden things aren't going to make sense. Things are going to get dark. The word's going to be boring and you are not going to have the abundance of life that's there. And you're going to like see some excitement around you, but you're not going to understand it. <laughs> I, I, so my mom, okay, my mom, of course, loves her grandkids. And so she comes to football games. And last night we're sitting there watching. She has no clue what's happening. <laughs> I, I mean, like zero. I mean, it's just people running around and she can't even hardly see the ball. And, you know, I'm like, oh, do you understand what just happened there? They were kicking the ball off. The other team was supposed to get it, but they went and took it. And she's like, oh, I mean, she had no idea. She just thought, whoa, well, they just still got the ball. That's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, it totally takes the excitement out of it. There are so many of us that are watching life right now. And we don't get it. Like, all we're seeing is just this movement all around. And it doesn't seem to have much meaning. And we're like, why are these other people all excited and if you're just a fan and you're not living it out, this isn't going to make any sense and you're not going to understand why people around you are excited. I want you to understand that. I want you to experience it. And the only way that happens is for you not to just glance in the mirror, which is basically, you know, come here, maybe hear something from me real quick and, and then go home and that's it. The only way for this to happen is for you to get alone with the Lord and just spend time in the Word. And then that's not enough, okay? That's not enough. Then you go beyond that and you start doing the things that you're reading. And when you feel prompts from the Holy Spirit, you respond and say yes. When that happens, life that appears dull and boring on the outside is going to become super exciting. Because you never know what the next moment's going to bring. You never know what the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to do or say or invite you into. You wake up, life is an adventure. But when I go to that place where I view things through what I think I deserve, and I'm just looking around for what I don't have, and I'm trying to figure out a way to get what I don't have, life becomes discouraging, boring, and meaningless. God wants so much more for you. Verse 26. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, 
you are fooling yourself. Once again, there's that phrase, fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. That means it has no value. It's not changing anything. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Why does he mention caring for orphans and widows? Why does he mention that specifically? The reason is they have nothing to give you back. They have nothing to give you back. And so if you're walking around with the attitude of, what I deserve, you're going to look at them and say, I can't get anything out of that. Forget that. I'm going to look for something where I can get something back. But God is saying this, where you're going to find real life is on the outside when you just start giving to people who can't give you back. And then here's what you're going to find. You're going to find the creator who's in control of it all giving you things coming out of nowhere, not because you did something for somebody, but just because he loves you and you trust him, and you're going to be free. Instead of worrying about what others think about you, or, or worrying about, oh, if I make them mad, well, I won't get this, and you know all the pressure that comes from that, you're going to be free. And you can live life for an audience of one. So you can start living life like, I'm going to do what God calls me to do. And not that you are mean to people. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm just, I'm talking about worrying what everybody thinks. You know what I'm saying. Worrying what everybody thinks and the pressure that comes from that. So instead, you can live life like, I'm going to do what God calls me to do. And I don't have to worry if this person is, um, you know, whatever about it. Because God's going to provide for me. So all of a sudden, I can provide for the orphan. I can provide for the widow. The freedom that that gives you, oh, it is unbelievable. And what does he say in that first part? He says, if you claim to be religious, you know, religious is a term that we often use in a derogatory sense because religion is essentially um, acting out our faith, okay? That's what it is. But oftentimes when we use religion today, in our circle anyway, we talk about dead religion. Because often what we're talking about is we're talking about people doing these dead works and they're not really giving themselves over to the Lord. You know, they're doing good deeds, but it's not for the orphan or widow. It's for the person who can scratch their back back, right? It's for the place that I can get glory. But I just want to say to you, if you will leave that behind because that, that that's playing this game where we can see and that's not where real life is at if you will leave that behind and start focusing on what God leads you to do forget about the glory stuff you're gonna experience life in a way that you can't imagine and the last thing it says there refusing to let the world corrupt you because the thing is, is that this game of the world is all around us we can see it and if we don't refuse, if we don't take a stand, if we don't actively understand that I need to take my eyes off of this, it is going to destroy us. Because we're not going to live in that other world where real life exists. We're going to spend all our time focusing on this, you know, trying to acquire things, whatever it is, trying to manipulate. I, I got to tell you, that's exhausting. And I'm constantly tempted to do it. 
You know, when I look at things like Daniel was talking about and I say, well, I deserve that or my kids deserve that or somebody I love deserves that, here's where my mind goes. How can I manipulate to get what I want? And it's tempting, but I got to tell you what, that's an exhausting place to live. I just want to tell you, if you're living in that place, it doesn't end well, let it go. Focus on what the Lord's leading you to do and trust the Lord to provide for you. So, are you a fan or are you a player? There's life when you get in the game. God has a position for you. If you can't tell me what your position is, you're a fan. God has a position for you. Step in, be used of Him. Life is going to get exciting. Lord, thank you that you desire to give life and life abundant to us. Lord, help us not to be duped into the lies of the enemy and focusing on things that um, we think we deserve when in actuality, they're just distractions away from the things that will actually fulfill us. Lord, open our eyes. Um, Lord, may we get serious about spending time with you and getting into your word and doing what you say. Help us be bold when we feel your nudges, Lord. Help us say yes to you, even when it's hard, even when it's uncomfortable, because that's where we find life. Thank you, Jesus, that you made it possible. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to live within us. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.